Hi everybody, this is the episode 9 of the Nerd Raid Podcast. This is Helm of the Awakening. Um, yes, and he is super cool. We did a giveaway um, a few months back now, I want to say. And uh, we've just been in touch ever since. And I hit him up, asked him if he wanted to come on the podcast, and here we are. So he's going to take yeah, it away yeah. from there. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I mean, I think we did, what, our 500 follower giveaway together, right? I think that's what it was. I think it was 500 followers. Yeah, that was pretty cool, man. I, I, I like teaming up with other creators and doing that, you know, just, you know, build the engagement and stuff. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. I've been loving the podcast ever since it came out. Love listening to it and uh, love to be part of it, man. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course, dude. Yeah, it's crazy to think that it was 500 followers ago already for me. Well, it's been like, yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like, I, I already hit 1,000. I know you're already above 1,000, so congrats on that. But, like, it's just crazy to think, like, how far I've come and, like, I've seen your growth since then. So it's just, it's wild to see how much this community really uh, comes together, you know, once they start recognizing your name and everything. No, absolutely. I mean, I love talking to like new people, finding people around the world. I know you're talking about that last episode and stuff, and I just love engaging with people all over the place. And been talking to a guy in England who does tattoos that I like. Talking oh, to sweet. people in Italy, Spain, all that stuff. It's really cool, just you know, being able to meet new people and share the love of the game. You know. Well, and what's cool, I think about it too, is uh. Even, like, just, like, talking about that, like, uh, Darth is from the UK, the guy that we did uh, the giveaway with. So there's that even, you know what I mean? So it's just one of those things where, like, you never really know where people are going to be from. And one thing that I've noticed is, too, is, like, a lot of my followers aren't from the United States of America. You know, they're from uh, a different part of the country, which is super cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I looked at, like, my analytics or something. I think, like, the first is the U.S., I think the second is Spain, and third is Italy. So that's pretty cool. I never thought about, you know, like, magic, you know, being big in Italy and Spain and stuff. But I think it's super cool. I love seeing all the creators, you know, share pictures from around there. And it's just it's just cool that it's, like, one card game. That's so many different kinds of people, different languages, cultures can all kind of, like, rally around, you know. You don't even have to speak the same language to play the game together, honestly. Crazy. Well, no, and I think that's one of the cooler parts about it, too, is that's something that uh, Dick Tokens and I have talked about a lot, you know, because he lives out in Poland, and he just moved to Poland from uh, England or something. I can't remember. I, I'm not very geographically friendly. But, uh, you know, and that's something that he was talking to me about is, like, when he was in the Army, he used to travel, and that's how he would just find friends is he would go find people that played Magic. And that's how he would communicate with people or, you know, get in touch with people out there. So it's, it, I think it's just cool to see, like, a card, you know, even just, like, it can be a simple card, like, 
Doomblade or like murder or like something stupid like that. And like that can be an instant connection with somebody because that's going to be somebody's favorite card. You know what I mean? And it's just, I don't know. I think magic, one thing about doing this podcast that I've learned is it's just a more, it's more of like a family, not more of a community. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I, the positivity that I've had on here, I know, Again, I keep calling back to your old episodes, but like they were talking about you know, like Reddit and Facebook and stuff. You know, it's just so negative in the magic community. And I like I started I tried a page there, tried a page on both those, and I just I couldn't do it, you know. But on Instagram, everybody's positive. It's it's just a great community. I think everybody really fosters a you know, just a supportive, you know, vibe, you know, and I, I just love talking to everybody and being able to share the passion for it. You know, it's great. No, and I totally agree, and, like, no, don't worry, like, if you want to bring up old episodes, please do, man, but, uh, that's one thing that, like, it's just, like, man, I'm in a lot of Facebook pages, and I can't stand it, like, I know I was talking about this with, uh, the homies last week, but, like, just, like, the amount of toxic responses, there there just never is, like, a nice, like, oh, yeah, you can put that in your deck, there's always got to be that smartass that's, like, oh, well, blah, 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 you should know this before you ask. Like, for instance, yeah. um, the other day somebody was asking to buy one of the bundle rings for, like, $10 less than market value. And I was like, bro, you're trying to buy that shit at $32 and it's $42? Like, what are you, like, what are you talking about? And I got ripped on for it. And it started this giant, and I'm just like, one thing that I love about Instagram is it's not like that. Like, I don't know why... It's not, but it's just not. I know. It kind of blows me away. Like, I keep waiting for, like, you know, crazy, toxic, upset comments and stuff all the time. But I, we just don't get them. You know, as long as you keep a positive attitude and you're, you know, respectful of other people, it seems like at least on Instagram, everybody else is really supportive. You know, and I'm glad you brought up, you know, like the prices of cards and stuff because I think it's cool how people sell cards on Instagram too, you know, just like page to page because it's so cool that you can get them, like, you know, cards directly from somebody for cheaper than tcg or card market or uh anything like that i think it's cool that people are able just to kind of like grow their own little like small businesses and stuff on there too and i feel like the community encourages that so i'm a huge fan of it i I love instagram for magic honestly oh no and i do too or like are you have you done any of the trade game stuff or you have you traded with them at all I've traded with a couple, a couple guys. Um, I've bought a lot of cards from people, <laughs> uh, but I mean, I want to trade. But the thing is, it's hard for me to part ways with my cards once I have them. <laughs> but no, I, 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 I love, I those, I that, love seeing those trade chains. Those are so cool. Yeah, no, dude, I'm really big into it. That's how I've gotten a lot of like cool cards. You know, it's cool because like they'll let you do like two cards for one as long as it has more value that way. And I'm just like, yo, that's sweet, dude. So that's how I've gotten a lot of, like, good cards. So if you haven't checked them out, shout out Trade Chain. Like, check them out. They're super cool. They're super fun to always trade with. They they always are on top of everything. And just, just definitely check them out because, like, I mean, like, I get it being, like, ah, oh, man, don't want to get rid of these cards. But there's always certain cards that you are like, oh, I'll never actually use this. At least yeah, like I'm every like card that. in my collection. <laughs> no, yeah, the trade chain ga- chain guys are super cool. I I've bought cards from a couple of them, and I've always had the best experience ever. So, hundred percent shout out to them. They're great to check out. Yeah, I got a Shieldred the Apocalypse from them the other day, 
And I just, dude, I, I sold it. I won't even lie. I'm like, I just, I don't, I'm just so beyond like the drawl and like milling because that's what I played hardcore in high school. And I just don't want to do that anymore. I want to do like combos and stuff. Like right now, my favorite deck that I have is Grim Grin, um, Corpseborn. I don't know if you're familiar with that card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, that, that's my favorite deck that I have right now. So it's not even one of those things that I really need, you know, and it's just, I don't know. When I'm making, like, decks, I focus on one deck at a time, and then I build that up. But then the issue is, for me, I'm like, oh, shit, dude, all those cards that I just got rid of to build this deck up, I want in these decks now, so I gotta go get them again. Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that one, man. I mean... I really try to focus on one deck at a time. I'm kind of like in between right now. I'm trying to wait for my next commander. I mean, it's funny that you brought up milks. I was really thinking about doing that, like Captain Ingathrod, you know, the D and D. Oh, I know. Trust me. Yeah, That's he's what like my buddy Christian guy. plays a lot. Um, but, well, the thing is, I started looking into it, and then just when I started getting interested, I felt like he blew up. And then every podcast page, everyone was doing, you know, like captain ingathrod builds now i don't know if i should do it or not but he's good he's dude. cool he's especially cool. because you get a mill and then you get to take something off your mill oh yeah i mean it, i play a lot of magic you know like online uh on spell tables so i don't know if he'd be the best for that just because you know it's kind of janky to mill somebody <laughs> on a screen and stuff but i think he's a really cool commander i think he, he he runs mill but it's a little different so i i think it's a very interesting build around great commander no no i totally agree if i didn't play like so when i was in high school my number one deck was a mill deck and if i didn't play so much of that and like if i didn't get hated on so much for it i probably would still play mill but i've kind of like burned that torch i feel like personally and i'm kind of like all right time to do other things that's the cool thing about commander you know you can always just try something else out that's that's what's so fun about it. it's like oh i'm kind of tired of mill i'm kind of tired of artifacts or something you can complete 180 and try something else out like like you're playing a different game it's so cool yeah, well and that's one thing that i love about it too is like uh one of the like one of the things that i thought was weird when i first got into commander was the whole like all right and now you have one card just one card of everything that's not a basic land. And I was like, well, how does that work? But now I'm like, why would I want four of every single card? Or why would I want three of these cards? Like, it'd be sweet if I had them. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but like, eh, I don't need them, you know? Because I can combo with this and do this and then do that with this now. And then I just have, it's just one of those things where it's like, I just think it's more fun. I think it's more competitive, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, in the casual format, it really just fosters creativity. So you like, you'll never run into the same deck twice in theory in casual, you know, because there's so many cards that do the same thing, but you can run them in slightly different ways, and that that's that's what I like about it. I like going through like you know older cards and kind of incorporating them into like newer strategies and. That's kind of like my forte is looking through old stuff and trying to bring it to light. But uh, th that's just what makes the format great, you know, because like in the, you know, 60 card formats, there's just so little difference. It's all the same decks. Kind of gets tiring after a while. No, man, I <clears throat> and I agree. And that's something that Magic Titan was talking about 
on like the last podcast when he was going and playing a lot of arena is, uh, you know, he'd get to a certain level where you'd know if you were going to win or lose turn two. And like, yeah, I'm sure once you get to CDH and whatnot, uh, it's like that in uh, Commander. But I'm also not really ever trying to be there. I'm more or less just trying to play casual and play with the friends. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm 100% casual right now. I, I would dabble in CDH, but a little too expensive, and I don't have enough time to really be doing two different formats. So I'm I'm casual all the way. I love it. And I just think it's it, I think it's fun to not be as competitive, and like it's it, I think it's just like obviously it's competitive in a sense, but it's also not like at the end of the day you have your knife to everybody's throat. You know, you're like. Oh, hey, I lost, but you know what? Good game, dude. And see, I feel like people that play CDH are like, "How the fuck did I just lose?" And they're just flipping tables, and they're just, you know, I just feel like it's very oh, intense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's different people. You know, I there's intense people and casual, intense and CDH. I mean, I've met some of the chillest guys who play CDH just because I feel like having that CDH experience really makes a better casual player too. Because then you just kind of I don't know, know how to deal with combos and like frustration, but at the same time, you know, they're it's a good it's good to view them as two totally different formats because it's just a different mentality, you know. But uh but yeah, I mean anybody who's played with me knows my casual games go for like an hour and a half, two hours, so I can't say anything about competitiveness. <laughs> <laughs> What's the main commander that you run? Oh jeez. Well right now my favorite has to be um Dolly and the Gitrog monster. I mean, those two are combo made in heaven. I love them so much. Um but I did start with uh uh Imotech the Stormlord from the uh Warhammer decks. Okay, okay. So I'm kind of a black player um <laughs> by trade. I I really, really like black. But uh, I've kind of branched out into Thalion the Gitrog monster. I do. I kind of run it like a pseudo landfall aristocrats build. I definitely didn't build it into the Staxi uh, archetype so, too much. Right. But you know, she brings light stacks with her, so it's kind of hard to uh, stay away from that. Um, but I just kind of like how you can take you know her in so many different directions and keep it fun and interesting. But you know, she's tied with my uh, Imotech, the Stormlord build. That's like a graveyard artifact reanimator uh, deck, and I probably killed myself with Bullet Citadel more times than I've won. But uh, you know, I absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, I tried to make a stacks deck, and I bought a bunch of stacks pieces, and I put it all together. And then I played it, and I was like, this just isn't fun. So I yeah. understand why you wouldn't go with the whole stacks build. Personally, I just think... I and Whenever somebody plays stacks, I pretty much scoop. I won't even lie. Every time I see, like, a winter orb come out, or I see, like, a stasis, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and do this. Yeah, the farthest I went is just uh, the commander itself, you know, would makes creatures enter uh, tapped and then non-basic lands enter uh, tapped. And then the only like extra piece of the quote unquote stacks is collector. Oof. Um, <laughs> I couldn't resist cause he just seemed too fun. But other than that, it's straight landfall. 
So. Yeah, that's what my buddy, he has a budget. He said it's a budget deck. Then it, like, actually came out to be, like, $200. I'm like, okay, that's a budget for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, yeah, he does, he has the it. same deck build. And, uh, um, dude, it's, I hate that fucking deck. I won't even lie. It's one of those decks that just, it gets under my skin, man. The whole, your shit comes in tapped, and then everything's coming in tapped. And then I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then, yeah, it's just that. It's a great commander. Like, no lie, but, ooh, man, it gets under my skin, that's for sure. Yeah, I didn't do, I, I kind of picked her as the commander before I even saw the the text. I mean, just Thalia riding the Gitrog monster, killing Phyrexians. I was like, this is <laughs> pretty metal, I gotta build this. <laughs> and it just worked out. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, I definitely, it's like all about rule zero in casual. I, I've posted that quite a bit on my page. I really think it's all about like, hey, what are you going to run? What are you going to run? What are you cool with? And as long as everybody's on the same page, you know, it doesn't matter if you run facts and land destruction as long as everybody's cool with it. But, you know, if you have somebody in the pod who doesn't, you know, pivot into a different commander and just, you know, go along. I mean, it's all about, you know, the, it's all about the experience, you know, and the dialogue and just playing a game, you know? Yeah, no, and I totally agree. Um, one thing for me is, like, I just got really into, like, blue and, like, uh, black. Like, I mean, like, I guess I, like, was into blue, like, earlier when I was into magic. But, like, now I'm, like, really into it again. And then I'm, I'm back into black, obviously, because of um, uh, Grim and everything. But, like, man, I forgot how fun those colors are. Like, I used to just really play, like, red, green, and white and for a long time. And then, like, sometimes I would dabble in, like, blue and then black every now and then. Or, like, to be honest with you, I really wouldn't ever play black. But I just, I don't know. I Now that I'm doing it, I'm like, man, I've missed out so much. I, I've just missed out so much. Yeah, the only color i really don't run is red i mean i have a miram sentinel worm deck but very little red besides you know just some of the dragons i mean i don't think red is a bad color i think it's awesome it's just really not like what i it's not my play style it's a little too aggressive for me but i wish i could get into red but i'm really black and green and then kind of you know blue and white go underneath those two I'm a strong believer that green is the best color in Magic. Oh, yeah, by far. I mean, you can splash green into anything, and you're like, okay, my deck's better. <laughs> you know, it's like, the, yeah, exactly, yeah. and that's the thing. The ramp and then the creatures and just, like, everything that it offers, like, the group hugs and just, I feel like, especially for Commander, I, I should say for Commander. I don't know so <laughs> much about, like, Casual and Pioneer and all that bull, lot, you know, but I feel like for Commander in general, like, that is the best color. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard, I kind of dabble slightly in Standard, and especially in, like, Modern and stuff, I hear Black is the absolute best right now. But, uh, but yeah, Green for Commander is huge. I mean, just with the games going so long, if you can just ramp up rapidly with Green, I mean, you're just dominating the game mid-game. Like, there's there's no stopping you at that point. <laughs> That's how I have my dragon yeah. deck built, so I can get mm -hmm. the Ur dragon out super quick, or I can just start popping off like, <clears throat> like with uh, Ur dragon. There's like I have like time or uh, what I can't remember that lotus that taps for all the colors, timeless lotus, and then I have mm -hmm. like dragon's arch and like you know high cost artifacts. 
So what I'll do is I'll just cost those and then I'll get the mana off of those or whatever. And then I'll just get Ur-Dragon. But I do it all off green ramp. So I literally put green in pretty much anything that I can. As long as I, it can be put in it, I put it in there. So when you're doing when you're putting green in everything and you're doing what, like Kodama's Reach, do you buy a new Kodama's Reach every time or do you uh, kind of split it between decks? So to be honest with you, if it's like a low-cost card, I'll buy a new one. As long as the group that I play with is okay with it, my buddy Matt that we call the Grand Wizard, he'll proxy it for us so we can do that. But if I don't have the proxy and that's the deck that I'm focusing on at the time, what I'll do is I'll take the card from that deck and I'll replace it with another card from like whatever deck, but I'll put the card that I'm replacing in that sleeve. So when I go back, I know which deck I took it from. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's what I used to do just because, you know, I got tired of buying, you know, like a new Phyrexian altar every single time I want to yeah. do a stack deck. And I was like, I can't be doing this every time, man. Well, and it's so, like, yeah, I, yeah. so in my dragon deck, I have a bunch of high cost cards. So I have like a mana vault and I have, you know, Timeless Lotus is a $20 card. And just to, like, be able to, like, if I was to buy that every single time, $50, $20, you know, that's that's almost $100 on two cards. It's just stupid. I'm not going to do that every time. So, like, yeah, I either split them or we, we're cool with proxies, so we play with proxies. I know that's, like, a big, like, oh, no, don't play with proxies. But I used to be like that until I realized I don't want to buy a copy artifact that's a $50 card. And I don't want to buy, you know, this and that when we're just going to play with proxies. So. Hey man, you're talking to talking to a guy who's going, you know, head first in the proxy world over here. So I mean, yeah, I love proxy. yeah, dude. I've noticed that, bro. I they're really good, man. I think they're sweet. I meant to bring that up. I like, sorry, I didn't. But uh, <laughs> no, you're good. I've loved that. I've loved every single one that you've been putting out, dude. That's one of my favorite things to do is like find the people that find, make proxies or like do the alternative arts. Yeah, that's that's really what I'm focusing on right now. Like, I kind of go on EDH Rec, and I kind of just find the most popular cards that are like you know expensive, and then find ones that don't have old borders. So that's kind of like my criteria, and then I try to make old school renditions of newer expensive cards. Like I just you know did like a smothering tithe today and stuff, and I just love making them look old school because I I just feel like the old school cards are. Oh, they're beautiful. I love old school. Yeah, I miss that retro retro look. And uh, when they did Dominaria Remastered, I was really happy that they went with a bunch of like retro looks. But Oh, absolutely. I kind of wish they would do more sets like that. Yeah, I just think it, you know, it kind of like calls back to Magic's roots and stuff. You know, I, I just feel like the borders on cards just don't look as nice as they used to. Uh you know, I mean, I know they leave more space for the art and stuff, but, you know, I'm just a huge fan of the chunky <laughs> old school borders and I can't get enough of them. Yeah, but sometimes art isn't everything and Chub Toad is a perfect example of that. Oh, yeah. My boy Chub Toad is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's just like, I just feel like they focus more on art now than they do, like, really, like, what the card itself's going to look like. They're like, but if we put cool art on it, then we can make the card look like whatever we want. And I feel like that's yeah, just yeah, the yeah. route they've gone. 
Yeah, I was kind of thinking about that today when I was looking through those Eldrain spoilers. Like, I, that that's funny that you bring that up. I was literally thinking the same thing. I'm like, man, like, this art looks nice. The card design is cool. But, like, the two have nothing to do with each other, you know, like, at all. <laughs> so there will just be cards with just, like, completely random art on it. It just blows my mind. Like, you know, I feel like there's two – I know there are two separate teams, you know, on the design team, but they got to, like, sync up or something because <laughs> – some of these arts just make no sense on the card. They're stapled too. Or like that doubling season. That's just a uh, that that goose or whatever. I'm yeah. Like, what what is going on here? Like I I get it. It's like cute and it's funny, and like I like the art style that you're going for. But like, what does a goose have to do with me getting more counters and more stuff? Or like even like when they did double masters and they reprinted doubling season and it was two dinosaurs with a dinosaur egg. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here, dude? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like honestly, like, what, what, what is, what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's kind of like there's two ways to look at. It. I mean, I do like that. It seems like they're branching out into new art styles. I feel like the last like two to three years, it's been like very regimented, like one kind of art style, and it didn't really jive with me. But the last like year or so, at least like you know, with Eldraine and all this stuff, and the, the new sets coming out next year, looks like they're at least gonna explore new art styles, and that's that's at least exciting for me. You know, I'm more of a art appreciation guy, so I I, I do think that's pretty cool. Okay, so a lot of like a lot of people are talking about the Wild West set. And I want to know what you think about it. But before that, I want to say that I believe that's going to be the set that they'll bring horsemanship back on. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think I think they set the stage, you know, with the reprints of horsemanship in, uh, you know, the Commander Masters. Right. And I think the hype around it when it was first announced that they were going to have all the horsemanship cards was like crazy. And they're like, okay, cool. Wild West, I mean, they have Oko in there, so they're going to have Oko riding a horse, horsemanship. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, they're just going to go all out with that one. I mean, I think the concept is cool. I don't I don't know how I feel about it because, again, I'm like kind of an old school guy, so it's like, you know, it doesn't fit with the old school magic feel. But I do think it's a cool space for them to, like, get into um but you know typically magic isn't based around like guns and stuff so i mean there probably won't be like six shooters and like duels and stuff but i, I think if they play their cards right literally <laughs> uh i think it could be a really cool set i'm just kind of on the fence about it but i'm loving eldraine right now i am too man i'm really excited for that next set that's coming out and honestly i have been since like they announced it to be real with you um mm -hmm. I just, I just really like that they're doing, like, I, I, to be honest, I really like the fantasy that they're going with, like, the yep. gingerbread people, and then, like, the freaking, uh, the, like, candy monsters and stuff like that. I don't know. I just, I think that shit's cool, personally. Yeah, see, that feels very magic to me. It's, like, the storybooks, the adventure stuff, it's all, you know, like, slightly lore-based with, like, real-world, uh you know, stories and stuff. I think that's really cool. It, like, kind of engages with people on different levels. Um, I think it's a really good design space. I think they did a great job for that. And I'm pretty excited for that horror set, that, like, House of Horrors or something coming out at the end of next year. I'm, like, a, 
I'm a big horror junkie, so I think I think that's gonna be a cool set. But you know, I haven't. I'm, I'm pretty, I need to look more into that. I haven't actually seen that one. I'll have to. Look it's that it's up. just like just the one like screenshot of like some like monster or something. It's like the quarter four of 2024, so there's like nothing on it yet. Mm, okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> Are you a big Fallout guy at all? Yeah, I played quite a bit of Fallout. I mean, I loved Skyrim more, so I was kind of kind of upset it wasn't Skyrim. But no, they're the going to be really cool. They'll do a whole set of just Skyrim, and like Tom, uh, whatever the whatever the fucking his name is, will come out on stage, and they'll be like, "All right, guys, now that they we're in it with magic, we got Skyrim, the universe yeah, version." Beyond. <laughs> And yeah, they're and then they're gonna release it back. Re-release like Skyrim again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll re-release yeah. it, but this time it's gonna be Skyrim and cards. And then, like yeah. every time you open the box, it will just be that cutscene where it's like when you wake up, and that will be the first thing you see in every box. They have so much potential for memes in that set. It would be amazing. It'd be. But good. I do think I do think Fallout's gonna be really cool. I mean, I if they treat it the same way they did Warhammer, like which I they knocked warhammer out of the park with that kind of like dark horror fantasy kind of thing which fallout to me is i think they'll do a fantastic job yeah see i'm not a big warhammer person but that's what i've heard about the decks i've heard that they're like super good to the lore and i'm excited i'm I'm really big into fallout so like that was one of the things that i was like are you fucking serious like no way blah 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 like i can't believe it but, like, now I'm like, all right, so it's definitely got to be the Brotherhood of Steel. It's got to be the Enclave. But who else is it got to be? You know, is it going to be people from Fallout 4, the original Fallout? Is it going to be Fallout 2, Fallout 3? Like, what are they going to do? Like, all Fallouts? Like, and I just, that's one of the things that is getting me right now. Like, because you know it's going to be the Brotherhood of Steel. You know it's going to be the Enclave. But who else is it going to be? Is it going to be the Railroad? Is it going to be the Institute? You know, and like to be honest with you, I haven't played the first two, so I don't even know if there's more, whatever, like fractions or whatever you want to call them in there. So, I feel like that's what it's got to be, right? Those just those four. Oh, uh, I think it would be cool to like do the factions, and then maybe like one of the commander decks is like you know based on like all the mutants or something. I think that'd be really cool. The mutants would be sweet, dude, and that's one thing that I hope. But like, from, they've already announced that like. The decks are going to be based upon like the uh, the uh, whatever the fractions and whatnot. Oh, okay. not the fractions, okay. the factions. My bad. So it's just like one of those things where like that would be super sweet, and I really want them to like incorporate the wastelands to it. So what I think they'll do with that is those will be the lands in there. But then like oh, it also yeah. makes me wonder if they'll do like a colorless deck, and then they'll just have like they'll bring back wastelands lands. And then that's what will be the lands in one of these Fallout decks. Yeah, that's a really good opinion. And I think it's like a, I think kind of like the radioactive wasteland is something they could really get like interesting with. So I, I, I'd put your money where your mouth is, man. I think that's going to happen. So that's a good, uh, that's a good prediction that if they pull that off, they could really knock it out of the park. I do. It'd be sweet. And then, like, I was talking about, like, what would also be kind of cool is so, like, um, in, like, the Fallout lore, like, if you play Fallout 4, it's a lot harder to find certain power armors. So what I think would be cool is in, like, the sample packs, 
if they did like a very limited run of like serialized uh, power armor cards, but it was specific to what power armor, and depending on what power armor it was, it was harder to find. Does, does that make sense? Like with the serialized, like if it was like the the hard, like a T95, you know, like the most basic armor, that's going to be like the easiest armor to find. So you could do like 700 serialized ones of those. But like the harder armor it is to find, you break it down to like 10 serialized cards of this one or like just 100 or blah, 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 blah. And I think like even though like a lot of people hate the serialized cards and like my chances of pulling it is slim to none, I just think that would break down the lore a little bit more of fallout and i think that would be something cool to see oh yeah absolutely i mean i think the brotherhood i think the brotherhood deck would be so cool but just like interchangeable power armor like an equipment deck or something oh dude that would uh, be sweet i never not thought about that yeah i was kind of thinking like i was kind of thinking through it like for a mutant kind of thing you know like if they have like radiation counters that you can like mutate your creatures with or something would be cool and i don't know i mean what's that system like that you like pick out different body parts and shoot them i did i was just about to say where uh are you like stack creatures together i cannot remember what it is oh no the vats you're talking about vats oh i'm talking about something vats. i'm talking about magic you're talking about in fallout that's oh vats. i was on the next idea already yeah i think the mute I think a mutate theme would be really cool with like something like radiation counters yeah, and you're stacking the creatures on each other. But then I was also thinking like vats would be awesome where if it's like, you know, a sorcery or something that you get to like pick like three different cards of different types and like snipe them or something kind of like, you know, call back to vats. I thought that'd be sweet. It will definitely be interesting to see what they do. From a, what they've said, like some of them will be newer cards and then others will be reprint. So, it will definitely be interesting to see what they do. I think they'll reprint Power Armor, which I hope they don't, because that card's awful, and Power Armor is a lot better than that card is. But if that's what they reprint into Power Armor, I'd be kind of disappointed. I mean, there's a place for every every card, man. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure somebody out there is, like, screaming at the thing, like, I got a great Power Armor build or something. But, uh, you know... Yeah, I think there's a lot of like very interesting design space with the themes they selected for next year. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for it. I'm just I'm hoping there's no cracked like uh you know keywords that just take over the format or something. Yeah. That's fair. So, is there any other sets that you've seen that you're excited for? Like another one that I'm excited for is that one that's going to have no humans in it. It's just going to be all humanoids. Or not humanoids, my bad. It's going to be all like, I guess, is that the word I'm looking for? It's like animals will be creatures. Yeah, humanoids. And uh, so it's just going to be like creatures that are humans, essentially. But not, but not like humans. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah, it's like all, yeah, it's like a new new world, right? Like a new plane with like only animals. Yeah, ex all, yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Stuff. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think that's really cool, and like I said, I think each set that they announced is just relatively, well, vastly different from the other, so I think they have a lot of design space, a lot of different, like, avenues they can go down for each set, so I think that, I'm, I'm pretty excited for all of them, honestly, I mean, my, like I said, my biggest one would be that horror theme, and of course, I have to wait the longest for that one, but, uh, you know. But at least it gives them more time to work on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
yeah, I'll be patient for it. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of, like, cool Japanese artists that are going to be involved on that one. Yeah, I can hope so. I mean, they, I loved the, like, March of the Machines, like, uh, Junji Ito treatments and stuff. That was so cool. If they don't have him on that set, it would be wasted, I feel like, 100%. I mean, I only pulled, like, one card that he did, but and I can't afford any of the new ones, that, <laughs> any of the other ones, but uh, it, it's just great. I mean, he did such a good job with that. It was, they, they've been doing so good with, like, the mashups and partnerships and stuff. Um, I mean, they're just pulling everybody in at this point. What do you, uh, what do you think about Post Malone buying the one-of-one ring? I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm, I'm, happy with it i think he has a genuine passion for the game you know and and i'm i'm happy he has it over some like other millionaire or even star city games at this point because they have enough (laughs) yeah um you know i i kind of was thinking in the back of my head like he's gonna have to buy this thing and he's really grown on me as a person because um like I said, he just has a passion and he plays with like small creators and stuff. Like I'll just be watching YouTube and just like all these random people be like post Malone came on and like played cards with me or you'll see TikToks of like him opening packs, you know, with people after the concert and stuff. And I think he loves the game. I think he's giving it really good exposure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if anybody has the money and is deserving of it, I guess it'd be him. No, I feel the same way. I feel like he's definitely, like, a genuine person. Like, I don't know if you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast with him at all. Mm-hmm. Or, like, yeah. if you watch Command Zone where he sits down and plays Commander with all those people. But he seems like a very down-to-earth, like, genuine person. And he doesn't seem like he's just doing it for the clout. You know what I mean? It seems like he's doing it because he wants that in his collection. And, like, I don't know if you are big on whatnot, but when he was doing that thing where he was playing that person... And if he beat him, he was going to, like, pay him money and everything. Well, before they chose the winner, he got a bunch of, like, al- or like alpha or beta, whatever cards he had, like, super like super expensive cards. He ended up giving away, like, $100,000 worth of cards to people before he even sat down to play that dude and, and ended up losing and giving him hundred grand. So, like, mm-hmm. I think it's very cool to see him do that kind of stuff. And, like, I think it influences people a lot to get back into Magic However, I also think it influences stuff in the wrong way. Like I was saying this last week, to add on to that, like I've noticed that a lot of people will sell cards for out-of-market price now. Like I don't know if you ever go on Mercari, but like, mm-hmm. dude, you'll find cards that are like 50 cents that are being sold for like 5 bucks and people buy them. Or like $5 cards that are being sold for 50 bucks and people are buying them. And like what I think it is is a lot of people are getting into Magic and they just, you know that's how they're getting into it is they're just buying cards that they want, but they don't know that they're being ripped off. And I don't know if that's post, that's not obviously post Malone's fault, but I feel like he's bringing in a lot of like the younger generation and they're being fucked over by the older generation is, is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Well, and I mean, at the end of the day, I, I honestly think he's, he's in my opinion, only really helping because he's really, like you said, he's giving the exposure to the game and making it at least more, mainstream um which is which is fun i really think it's just you know wizards in general being the ones kind of driving people out i mean commander masters being so expensive you hear how it's like just destroying these small 
um, you know, small businesses and everything. They have all this stock. They can't sell it. And it's heartbreaking because, I mean, it, these stores, these people love doing this. You know, it's a passion that they have. And, you know, small businesses, especially like card shops, it's not like they're rolling in dough or anything. I mean, they're a lot of these guys are living paycheck to paycheck just trying to give people a space to play in. And then Wizards goes ahead and drops a set like this and then overprices, you know, Commander Masters right after super expensive, you know, um, March of the Lord Machines of the Aftermath. Yeah. yeah. It's it too. Uh, like, not that Lord of the Rings yeah. isn't part of it, but. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring that up, but it's just, it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, and I, uh, I think I was watching what MTG Goldfish yesterday, and they had a really good hot take on that. It's like, look at all the really, really powerful reprints in Eldraine. And it's, you know, a base, you know, $100, $120 box. But then you're saying Commander Masters has to be $400 a box? You know, like, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And, you know, it, it's just heartbreaking because a lot of people want to get into the game and they want to rip packs. I mean, I want to rip packs, but I couldn't afford a whole box of Commander Masters. And that's kind of why I started proxying and stuff. I was just like, mm -hmm. I don't want to be paying this much for these cards. I mean, I know they're tanking which sucks for a lot of collectors too, but you know, you just gotta, you gotta give the people what they want and they just want to be able to open packs and have fun and draft and stuff. And then at the end of the day, build a commander deck out of it. So yeah, well, I, I think the celebrities have been helping a lot with it, but wizards really has to get kind of their act together with how they're pricing these sets. And I guess how they're marketing it because they're knocking it out in terms of like card design, but the story and the prices are just kind of lacking to me right now. No, and I totally agree. I feel like the last, like, real good story we had was uh, Aftermath. Like, the Aftermath was sweet, man. The whole, like, battle, going into the battle, watching that whole thing break down, getting the cards, watching Karn rip fucking Elish Norn's head off. Like, dude, that was sweet, bro. That's sweet. But then, like, that whole Aftermath bullshit, like, I'm sure the story was cool, but I didn't want to look into that story because the set was just bullshit itself. And then, like, I love Lord of the Rings. I was super, super happy with the set, but I didn't buy it. I, you know, like, I think I spent, I think I spent probably, at most, uh, 150 bucks, 200 dollars on that set, which like is a lot when you think about it. But then, like, comparatively to what you could spend on other sets, or, like what you could have spent on that set, I didn't spend that much, and I got basically everything that I wanted. So I feel like the pull rates have been better. I'm not that that's really what we're talking about, but like I, well, that's one thing that I do want to bring up. Though I feel like pull rates have been better, but then they pull out like expensive sets like this Commander Masters, and then pull rates are gnarly, dude. They're awful. Like I've seen mm -hmm. people pay four hundred dollars for a box and get a hundred dollars back, and I'm just like, that's just insane it's it's tough i mean i it's it's a business i mean that you know that's what it is at the end of the day and i know that mark rosewater said what like it's commander masters wasn't a premium set or something so you know that's already confusing and at the end of the day you know we just got to just put our money where we want to i mean if you're not happy with the prices do what you did you know go with singles and that puts the pressure on them to release sets like eldrain at a good price with good reprints and hopefully they kind of center themselves but um uh, yeah it's it's frustrating because i love opening packs i love watching people open packs but it's just not a viable thing if you're not you know you're not making money on this stuff uh 
you know, you're just doing it for fun. Well, and it's it was crazy, like, going into a LGS, and I was like, hey, man, you know, how much is that set of, you know, the set booster, Commander Masters? What's up, Atlas? What's up? I'm recording a podcast. What's a podcast? It's where I talk to people, and then we talk. I want to talk to people, too. All right, say hi. Hi. I just... Hello. <laughs> I just did something really, really cool. What did you do? I played with Daxton at Frankie's house. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was super duper fun. And I ate a cake. Oh, really? All right, well, let me finish this, and then I'll come out there, and we'll hang out. Just go lay in bed like I was telling you. But I want to tell something. Okay, you tell him real quick. And also... I throw it up. You throw it up? Yeah, you do. No, so I throw it up in the toilet. And I throw it up at Mimi's house. Yeah, okay, buddy. Go back to your room, and then I'll be done with this in probably about 10, 15 minutes, and I'll be in there, okay? I'm going to be done by 40 minutes. Okay, perfect, buddy. Give me a fist bump, and I'll see you then. Okay. Hey, I love you. <laughs> I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It was cute. You're fine, man. Hey, go lay in your room, and I'll be right there, please. <gasps> fine. I love you. Thank you. Let me just finish this. Let me just finish it. Woohoo! Awesome, thank you so much. Yeah, but no, anyways, back to what we were talking about. No, I know, I thought that was super weird that they came out and said it wasn't a premium set, and then it ended up being $400 a box. But, like, part of that also was the hype around it and the resale value. Oh, yeah. But, uh, it, like, still, you know, like, for them to, like, come out and say that, but then the commander decks to be $100, when, like, it's just insane. It, it's crazy. Then they, the, for them to drop a set like you're talking about with so many good reprints. I mean, double doubling season. They're doing that shit with the not the fairies. I can't ever. I, I whatever. You know, they're doing so much cool shit. And like, it's crazy to think that that's not a premium set compared to what Commanders Masters is. And it's just like, I get it. It's a Commander set, and they always go with, oh well, it's a Commander set, so it's premium. But that's kind of how I felt about Boulder's Gate as well. What's up? Yeah. And I have Wingo right here in my hand. Okay, buddy. Let me finish this, please. I didn't know it. <laughs> so, I had it fun. And I... I'm so sorry, dude. It's good, it's good. I wanted you to go in computers. That's how computers work and then they make computers make things they make letters and numbers wow all right just let me finish this please all right all right all right yeah but anyway the things that i'm just like i'm super excited for it and especially all the reprints and then like the art i really like too so I don't know. I'll definitely 
probably buy into that set. Have you bought any of these secret layers or anything? Or are you big on those? Um, I mean, I would if I had a ton of cash. I mean, the one that I did buy was the full sleeves tattoo pack. Okay. I absolutely love like the American traditional style. I mean, that's what all my tattoos are. And, and this was actually done by a guy in Wisconsin here, like it, like Milwaukee, right by where I live. So I had to pick it up. It's an awesome set. Um, you know, it has like ink moth, uh, nexus and stuff. And yeah, but that's also the butterfly effect moth or that I thought was super fucking cool. Yep. Said, and I would pick up more, um, (laughs) if I could, Yeah. which ones do you like? So I bought the pride set just cause like I'm big on like everybody should be themselves and like, I'm big on like that whole movement. So I bought that one. And then I bought the Angel deck recently, and then I've bought in, uh, the Transformer one because I knew that that one would have more value after like oh, everything yeah, was sure, said and done. Sure. I did something really funny. It's going to be really funny. It's going to be a funny talk. I just did something funnier. I just. Uh, okay, good. Well, all right, we'll do that in just a little bit. But anyways, all right, so I'm really sorry. My son, uh, I think he ended this for us. Is there anything else that you wanted anybody to say to anybody or tell anybody or anything at all? No, just uh, if you're interested in any altars or anything, just check out my uh, I have a gallery on Flickr. Uh, it's on the bio in my Instagram bio, and I'd love for people to just check them out and enjoy them. And, but other than that, just appreciate you having me on, and uh, keep up the great work, man. I love hearing it every week. Heck yeah, dude. I appreciate it, bro. All right, have a good one. Out, brother. All right, everybody, and that's going to be the end of this episode. Sorry for the interruptions with my son a little bit. I feel really bad. Um Helm of the Awakening, my apologies. Uh, please go follow him on Instagram. I will link his account into the bio on this episode. And if you're interested in making a podcast just like this, here's how.